Welcome to another Muharatha from the top of the tent, better known as Rasul Kema. In this monthly podcast, we chat about research, education, and arts in the UAE. I'm your host, Dr. Tiffany Lachelle Smith. Thanks for tuning in. Hayakumala. I'm joined by Miwa Matreik, an animator, designer, and performer based in Vancouver, British Columbia. Miwa is an assistant professor at Simon Fraser University in the School for the Contemporary Arts and focuses on theater production and design. Welcome to the show, Miwa. Thank you, production. Hello, um, I'm Miwa, and I'm thrilled to be here. Um, chatting with you as well as coming out to the United Arab Emirates very soon. <laughs> Perfect. Look, and that's that's exactly what our conversation is going to be about today. Your upcoming, your upcoming trip, I'll say, to the United Arab Emirates, and then also uh, many of the the beautiful performances that you already have um, scheduled as well. So, tell me, have you mm-hmm. been to the United Arab Emirates before, or will this be your first time? No. Yeah, first time. Oh, perfect. Okay, so we'll come back to that because I'm interested to hear, you know, if there's anything you're excited about. So, um, Miwa, let's start with the interview and just tell us a little bit about your journey and um, maybe your inspiration to becoming an artist. Hmm, that's a big question that I normally give like a whole talk about. You know? <laughs> um, but, um, I mean, you know, I... Uh, in my uh, identity, I normally list animation first because that's what I got my degree in uh, at CalArts. But while just making a bunch of short films in school, in grad school um, at California Institute of the Arts, um, I started collaborating with people from the theater area and the puppetry area and taking theater classes and stuff like that. So it really shifted my practice from just making animation that is like short films, like, you know, standard short films to thinking about how I can integrate body and space and materials and surfaces um, with with projected animation. So um, that's really what the shows that I'm bringing to the to NYU Abu Dhabi and Rack are. Um, it's my solo practice of using projected animation that I've, I've created, and I'm inserting my own body as a shadow silhouette from behind the screen, and sort of integrating myself into the sort of fantastical worlds of the animation. So then tell us a little bit, I know you you mentioned that, um, you know, as far as your identity, you you first start with animation, but in your bio, you talk a little bit more about your identity being, it's half Japanese and half... Well, Polish-American, but Polish a few generations back, so we didn't really have Polish culture um, from my dad's side, but um, I grew up in Japan, so I have much more of like a prominent Japanese culture. Um, because I actually lived there and grew up there. Like my childhood was spent in Japan. Okay. Yeah. So tell us more about that. That's interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my, my mom is Japanese. My dad, again, is Polish-American. So um, I grew up kind of between Osaka and Kyoto in Japan, just kind of had a normal childhood, even though I looked a bit different, of course, because I am mixed race. Um, and felt like I was just kind of a normal Japanese kid going to a normal Japanese uh, elementary school. I didn't go to international school or anything. And then in 1990, we moved to the States when I was just about 
11 and then I had to go through ESL and everything and kind of like get, you know, learn a new language, learn a new way of just kind of like being a person in a different kind of society. Mm. Um, so that took a lot mm. of adjustment for sure. Um, and my parents uh, basically told me later that they did that whole move to kind of um, ensure that as kids were bilingual and bicultural, um, which is a giant blessing to, you know, ha still have that cultural and language background in me to, to be bilingual and bicultural, yeah. um, even though at the time it was a pretty hard adjustment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. That's interesting. So then, I mean, so kind of sticking to the idea of of your global, global, global performances in various states in the United States, Scotland, Chile, France, Brazil, Slovenia, you have been all over the world. Um, is mm -hmm. there a particular performance that kind of sticks in your mind or maybe it was a pivotal point for you? Um, can you tell us about one of the, the interesting ones, I'll say? Part of what's been like, a blessing with doing all these shows is the travel mm -hmm. um, and just like this heightened awareness of my surroundings and of being in a different part on the surface of the earth um, and a very different climate, very different vegetation around me. So I'm not sure if like any single one pops up, but of course, like being in Brazil and Rio de Janeiro and sort of like a beautiful jungle setting and then kind of contrasting that with like a, doing a show in Norway in the snow and like, you know, like seeing the Northern Lights. It's like a very different experience, but I feel like they've all been really enriching. Um, yeah, I mean, I often like to add some dates beyond just the commitment of the show so I can actually like go on a hike or like go to the ocean or snorkel or, you know, like um, just to kind of experience that part of the earth more. Because um, I think that's, you know, often when you're a touring, like when you're a touring for work, so like performance being work, um, uh, you're often just inside of a dark theater space <laughs> for mm -hmm. many hours, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I do like to take advantage of um, the, the opportunity to, of being invited to different places of the earth and just getting to see some like interesting natural um you know, natural settings and um, uh, like learning that there's like fossils that you could just find, like pick up and find like by the river and like stones, right? Or um, yeah, so I feel like not like a particular place stands out to me, but I think I just think of all the collections of like, it's a weird, very different settings that I found myself in that I think is so fascinating. And um, I feel very lucky to have those experiences. As well as the people, too. Yeah. The people in culture. Because often these festivals have, um, you know, really wonderful people. And I might not see them again. Some people actually see, again, if I get invited back or, like, you know, if I go through that town again, like, they're kind enough to um, hang out with me yeah, yeah. and stuff. So yeah. it, it does feel really lovely to kind of build out, like, a global network of friendships and acquaintanceships and kind of be able to reconnect with people many years later. So I also feel very lucky about that too. Amen. And I love the way that you describe it, uh, <laughs> like having an opportunity to go to that part of the earth. Um, that's mm -hmm. a perfect segue to kind of thinking about, um, you said that you have not been to the UAE before. So is there anything that you're looking forward to? 
I know you'll go to Abu Dhabi and then you'll eventually come here to Rack. Um, what are you hoping to experience here? Um, well, one, uh, being in warmer temperatures right now <laughs> and like not in the rain, like I'm in Vancouver, I would be so relieved for. Yes. Um, but I feel like even just like, you know, like how humidity is in the air or just the the smell of this the, a new place, like those are all just like new places. It gives you like new eyes to experience your body in a space differently, right? Yeah. Um, so I haven't really, I have a pretty packed schedule, so I haven't really looked at like what I, what I can like get away and do very much. Um, but I am very curious just to kind of be able to look around and just have a sense of a different setting. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I have to see what the gaps are in my schedule from, yeah. from just like a little overview. <laughs> it looks pretty packed. <laughs> and I think maybe in Ross Okama, you may have one day here. But I have to give yeah. you a suggestion because especially okay. when you're talking about um, when you're talking about finding fossils and, you know, connecting with people and the earth. Russell Kema is a place, one of the Emirates that I am completely in love with. And you'll see that there's mountains here. Um, there's mangroves here. We're mm -hmm. surrounded by water. So especially the area that you'll be in, you'll be able to see, um, you know, every <laughs> everything. <laughs> but it is yeah. absolutely beautiful with nature. Um, wow. Just, just with nature. So if you do get a chance to, to you know, <laughs> have some time outside of the performance, um, even a drive would suffice. It's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful emirate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for it for sure. And you did, you missed yeah. the humidity, um, the humidity's gone. Sorry. It's, uh, it's, it's still, I guess it's kind of like a fall, but it's, it's hot, but the humidity is done. So you'll have some good weather waiting for you. Okay. Is it spring or fall? Well, see, that's the thing, the way that I describe it. So I'm from the States and in the States it's fall now. So it's that, yeah. you know, transition, <laughs> But not necessarily, you know, the summer hot. Um, that's exactly what it feels like here. The the nights are kind of breezy, which is amazing because the days are still pretty hot. So now it's the direct mm -hmm. sunlight. Um, well, d the direct heat without the humidity. It's the summers where you can barely walk outside without just being drenched because it's so humid. So that is done. That was the, the summer, summer, <laughs> but it is, this wow. is the, this is the gorgeous weather. This is the variable weather. And then especially being here in Rack, it does get a little cooler than Abu Dhabi. So the nights are beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you'll enjoy it. You will enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a little bit yeah. about your uh, performances. Tell us what um, what people can look forward to. Yeah, like sort of a nutshell, I'm, I'm creating animations. So the animations are all made by me. Um, the animations are based on sort of uh, photos and videos that I shoot and a little bit of found things that I kind of uh, take apart, disassemble and rebuild into new imagery. Um, so I come from a background in collage. So that kind of like contextualizes the way that I make animation pretty well, I think, as moving collages. Um, and I interact in the animations as a shadow silhouette. Um, so it's like both very cinematic, 
but also very much about a live performance of a, a, a real body being on stage in front of the audience. Um, and so it kind of like walks this really fine line that is like, you know, like very visually rich and kind of cinematic and uh, kaleidoscopic almost, but also uh, having a sense of the theatrical and liveness and the ephemeral and um, one that hopefully can captivate audiences. Speaking to the pieces that I'm doing, um, I'm doing several pieces in different pairings depending on the audience. Um, one, of, one of the pieces that I think I'm doing for every show is Infinitely Yours, which is my piece from 2020 that's about climate crisis. So it could be a little bit emotionally um, intense um, because I think, I mean, it's an emotionally intense topic, but also has moments of tenderness and um, sort of the earth protecting the the figure, the other figures that we see in the imagery. Um, and another piece that I'm performing is Distro Made Itself, which is about earth history, um, kind of told mostly as sort of like this present, like my shadow being sort of this presence of Gaia, um, starting with like visually, you know, something that could be the Big Bang into the earth being born out of fire and lava into um, the first atmosphere getting created and oceans and then um, kind of through evolutionary history into um, the complex world of humans, if uh, the contemporary world of humanity. Um, another piece that I'm doing, I believe, for some of the sort of family matinee kind of things is one called Myth Infrastructure. That's a much older piece. It's from 2010. But that one is just kind of, just, just kind of more magical. <laughs> I'm not sure if there's much more to this. Uh, say about it because I feel like I didn't I didn't really make it with like uh, a topic that I was trying to address with it. It was kind of more an exploration of the medium, so it's a lot more playful. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I would say that the work definitely has a um, a sense of the magical. I'm thinking a lot about illusions and audience perception mm -hmm. and the animation feeling a little bit more tangible because it's in context to a live body and the live silhouette feeling a little bit more ephemeral and fantastical because of, again, just kind of juxtaposing animation and like a live performer kind of takes on the quality of both together. You know, as you're speaking, I am, I'm, I'm intrigued and I'm wondering when it comes to inspiration for creating your shows and, and you said that, you know, a piece is from a while back and, you know, you'll be performing it as well. How do you go about your creation? What does it look like for you? Mm -hmm. um, it's a bit multifaceted. Like there's definitely sort of the investigation, the medium so when I said that mental structure from 2010 was basically just like me trying to create magical illusions. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't really have an overarching thing, but like um, thinking about like sleight of hand and stuff like that. How can I create um, moments of sleight of hand and illusion with projection and body? Um, but then later in my career, as I start to kind of more master the techniques of the medium that I'm playing with, um, I realized that I wanted to use it to address topics. So then um, uh, this one made itself that uh, that premiered, I think, in 2014. Um, it was really inspired by going to a lot of natural history museums, which is like one of the main things that I like to do when I travel. Mm -hmm. Actually, if you have any recommendations for natural history museums around Abu Dhabi or um, around the Iraq area, 
that I have time for. Right. Um, exactly. I would love that. <laughs> um, but also, this one myself was also very much inspired by the fact that I was flying around to tour a lot. So I'm currently based in Vancouver, but I was based in Los Angeles um, until two years ago. And that was where I lived, you know, for like 15, 16 years before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in the Southwest United States, when you fly over the Southwest, the the landscape is like really kind of legible because there isn't a lot of vegetation. Mm-hmm. So um, you could see how like water comes down from a hill into like a valley and like all the kind of like these kind of tributaries of underground waters that goes into like a big basin. And, you know, I, I just loved kind of like trying to decipher what landscapes, like what the visual, the landscapes, uh, what information was there. And also thinking about like flying over, like let's say West Texas, there's a lot of these huge massive areas with like fracking and you just see these like scratched areas with like rows and, and it looks like almost like a motherboard because it's like these webs of like surfaces that's been like mined and scratched and stuff. Um, and feeling like, like kind of getting like an empathetical feeling of how it looks like these sores and like, you know, oh, like, wow. like scratches on a skin. Yeah. Um, so now I was thinking about how I could perform um, as if I was the earth that is like, you know, being mined and um, scratched. And so uh, that was another kind of like uh, inspiration for making this roommate itself where I'm performing as Gaia and or, you know, as the earth. And um, at one point, my face is like becoming uh, mined for uh, resources, kind of like as a mountaintop removal mining. Um, yeah, and then, so that those are the first two pieces that I was talking about. And then um, Infinitely Yours from 2020 was very much inspired by um, just read like all the news about climate crisis. Um, I feel like from 2015-ish or so, there was, I feel like there was like this influx of news about climate crisis and like different facets of climate crisis from sea level rise to, um, you know, um, fish population collapse and ocean acidification and um, and the garbage gyre and, um, and it just felt like really undeniable. And so at that time, I didn't really have the capacity to make a piece because I was like, pretty busy but um often it starts with the process of just um archiving a bunch of information Mm -hmm. so in that case like linking a bunch of articles um and putting it in an app called evernote at the time i think there's other apps similar to that where you could just like put a bunch of text put a bunch of photos put a bunch of links and just like catalog it to think about later Mm -hmm. um it's, it's a it's a kind of like world building, but it was world building with actual real life articles that was talking about the earth. So it's like a world building of the world of climate, climate destruction. Um, so I was just kind of thinking about it and just kind of like collecting and consuming all these articles and podcasts and, you know, like uh, books and stuff like that. And then in 20. 19, I got some grant funding support to just kind of like set other things aside and just like start working on this. Um, so by the time I did that, there was a bunch of scenes I, I knew I wanted to touch on. Mm-hmm. So um, throughout Infinitely Yours, it touches on a lot of imagery from like various aspects of climate crisis. And that's why I said it was kind of mostly intense because <laughs> I think there's a lot of like images that we might recognize, but then there's just kind of like coming one after the other. <laughs> yeah, that is Interesting. I love it. 
So so your art is really a way to engage with the world, you know, based on the view that you're seeing. Are you familiar with the Matchbox car set where you can put together this town and, you know, it's little pieces and you basically, <laughs> you know, formulate what a town looks like? Anytime I'm in the plane, and, and this just came to the forefront of my mind when you were talking about how, you know, overlooking the plane, overlooking the, the, the world when you're in the plane. Yeah. Every time I have that scene, I call it God's matchbox car set because it's like when you're elevating, you know, above everything is so intricate. And the way that you're saying you can see the the scratch marks and then you're using your body to, you know, imitate what it is that you're seeing. I love that. OMG, I love that. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Yeah, speaking a little bit more about Infinitely Yours, um, with that piece, I was very much interested in these like POV shifts. My shadow and and all of my pieces, like I was saying that my shadow like represents Gaia, but it's it's never explicitly said because there's no text in any of it and any of the the pieces. Mm -hmm. So it is also open to audience interpretation, like what who or what my shadow represents within the imagery at any given moment. And infinitely yours, I was particularly interested in um, that perspective constantly shifting. And it really, you know, it's like, in relation to the imagery and like the, the scale of my shadow within the the composition. In one moment, I might be, the sh I as a shadow silhouette might be stuck in a car, like, um, and there's cars in front and behind me and all around me. And, um, you know, it's like being stuck in traffic and you're just banging on the steering wheel screaming because, you know, you know, every car in there um, is not moving and just spewing CO2 into the air. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then sort of like at a really quick shift of the image, just a millisecond, um, the shadow is suddenly in an oil field and it's larger than life. And it sticks his hand into the ground and picks up oil and shoves it into their mouth. So it's sort of like yeah. these. So one is more kind of like individually recognizable. Like I've had the experience of being stuck in traffic. Right. And the other image is kind of more of a metaphorical version. So both of like kind of gas guzzling. Um, and so, so that kind of speaks to me talking about how um, I was really interested in kind of these constant shifts of um, who who the shadow might represent. Yeah. Um, sometimes it might represent like again an individual, like an experience that we might recognize as an individual. Sometimes it might represent um, humanity somehow. So it's more of a metaphorical representation um, manifested as a as a larger than life shadow. And sometimes my shadow represents Gaia as sort of like a, a shadow figure, a mother figure who's holding a baby in her arms as um, um, these waterfalls kind of flow out of her shoulders and surrounded by green and birds and animals and plants. Um, I was really interested in these like perspective shifts again of like between a creator and a destroyer. And just uh, with the shift of it, like a little flip of an image, suddenly I could be um, someone who is like creating and nurturing, but then also start to like destroy the world around the world around her. And I think that's what we struggle with. We struggle, you know, in, in the contemporary world of like both good and bad um, and the good and bad that's in us. Right. Yeah. The capacity to create and. Um, love and nourish and protect, but also our capacity to destroy and be unable to stop things that are that we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, I love it. I love it. So this is definitely going to be a, a very, very interesting and eye-opening show. 
Okay, nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us this night, Miwa. And thank you so much thank for you. being on the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm really, I'm really excited to be there very soon after long hours of travel. <laughs> <laughs> very soon. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Muharatha is a podcast supported by the Sheikh Saud bin Sagar Al-Qasimi Foundation for Policy Research. If you'd like to learn more about what we do in Ras Al-Khaimah, visit our website at alkasimifoundation.com and LinkedIn. Also, be sure to follow us on IG at Al-Qasimi Foundation. Mm-hmm.